Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I'm Laura Deirda, Vice President and Editor-in-Chief at Becker's Healthcare, and I'm pleased to be joined by Chris McGee, Chief Executive Officer of Current Health from Best Buy Health, and Emily Fry, Vice President of Innovation Operations at Geisinger. Emily and Chris, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. To get started, would you mind sharing a bit more about yourself and your background? Emily, we can start with you. Hi, thank you. Um, I'm Emily Fry. I'm the Vice President of Innovation Operations at Geisinger. It's an integrated delivery system serving over 1 million lives. We have a health plan, clinical enterprise, medical school, research arm, innovation institute. Um, and, and really what I love about Geisinger is that integrated delivery model allows us to really focus on value-based care. And hi, everyone. My name is Chris McGee. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Current Health. Um, we're a healthcare technology company headquartered in Boston, acquired by Best Buy in November of 2021. And now I'm responsible for Best Buy's care at home business. And we focus on working with amazing partners like Emily at Geisinger and um, helping them um, shift more care into the home and out of the hospital. Fantastic. Well, I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I think this will be a very interesting and insightful podcast for our audience. Care at home volume is expected to increase 20% in the next 10 years. In your view, what is driving the rapid shift? What are the key challenges and opportunities in this type of care delivery? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at the, the national studies Chronic disease, it's doubling. By 2050, we're looking at almost 143 million and plus that are going to have chronic diseases, you know, living in their homes every day. And that's one of the major shifts in why we need more care at home. Because as you think about chronic disease management, the number of times you need to interface with your doctor constantly throughout your life to manage this condition, uh, it just doesn't seem sustainable to constantly be going to the office. So how can we bring the care to them in home. Yeah, I completely agree with Emily. I think the other thing is the consumer trends. You know, I think consumers during COVID, you know, healthcare reinvented itself in the first six months of COVID. Everyone says that healthcare can't do innovation, but it can. Look at what we did at the, the start of COVID. And I think that the consumer through COVID learned, you know, just as Emily said, they don't have to go to the office to be able to see their doctor. They can receive a lot more of health of their healthcare services virtually they can receive a lot more of healthcare in the home look at what we did with hospital at home we literally brought in patients to the home and i think a lot of consumers are saying i'm not going back to the way that we did healthcare before i want it more in the home i want it more virtually and i think they're going to keep demanding it and that trend is going to drive the space that makes a lot of sense and you know really is something we're hearing a lot at beckers as well Emily, how is Geisinger currently approaching chronic condition management with remote patient care and what influences strategy? Can you share any examples of outcomes or successes you've seen? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'll start with, you know, how are we approaching it? And I would say as holistically as possible, looking at the individual's preferences to Chris's point um, and, and what type of devices they need, as well as managing across the, the spectrum of chronic diseases and, and trying ultimately to maintain or shift them down within the severity level of their illness. Um, so we start and, and we do manage from the lowest acuity chronic condition all the way up to our hospital at home. And that is is powered by our partners over at Best Buy Health. So, you know, I think that when we think about influencing the strategy, 
the statistic I threw out earlier really was um, a driver. We're looking at an amazing growth in chronic diseases across our members and our patients within an aging population. And we have to meet the consumer's needs where they want and in the right way with the staff that we have available to us. So I think another, the point to our strategy is how do we make our care teams more efficient with technology and automation um, and AI? I'll throw out some of those buzzwords here for you, but it's true, right? They We are seeing a growth and and capability of managing people with those technologies. And, and they, they don't mind all of those different interfaces that are not as human touch, um, but it doesn't take away the need. I want to stress the importance of that human human touch to their care. So we still make sure that we maintain that personal relationship. Um, and, and, you know, as far as outcomes and success, we are absolutely seeing a reduction in utilization. We're seeing the ability to manage acute needs at the home and have them not have to drive to the hospital, go to the ED. And you think about Pennsylvania and the rural markets we serve, that's not just five minutes down the road. Um, so I, you know, just at a high level to talk about those successes, it's, it's been a tremendous effort and it's, it's, we're seeing a lot of great outcomes. Well, that's awesome to hear and really impressive to know the outcomes that you're seeing and and really the efforts that you're putting into this space have been paying off. According to a study conducting earlier this year, most patients and providers say digital health access has stayed the same or worsened in the last 12 to 24 months. How does this resonate with what you're currently seeing in the field? How do you recommend leaders approach this issue? I mean, I think it... it, um... I think post COVID, you know, where we we had this massive hype that the future of all healthcare was going to be virtual, and we had massive influxes of capital into to digital health funding, um, you know, clearly that was unrealistically high. And I think as COVID has abated, some semblance of um, sense and maturity almost has come back into this space. And I think that's what maybe leads to this perception that. Um, it's retreating or or it's it's not going as fast as it was. But I, I just think that was an artificial high during COVID. Actually, what I see is that if you meet healthcare executives and you ask them, do you think over the next five to 10 years that your business will be fundamentally changed by technology and artificial intelligence? 100% of them will say yes. If you ask them, do you think a much larger percentage of care will be delivered outside of the hospital over the next five and 10 years, 100% of them will say yes. But we need to innovate both the business models and the underlying technologies and companies um, that are doing this to really make that real. We've made so much momentum over the last couple of years. We 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 can't lose it. You know, again, just to look at uh, hospital at home for a second, that didn't exist three years ago. Now we have nearly 200 hospitals doing it. Didn't exist a couple of years ago. I think on the patient side, to, to your point on access, I do think we can't forget that in some of our populations, half of them don't have internet access, a quarter of them don't have smartphones, and usually that's the populations who are most at risk of having multiple chronic conditions, suffering the worst outcome. So I don't think we can lose sight of we do still have an access gap, we do still have patients who and can't get to these technologies. And it's because of basic fundamentals like internet access, that that still needs to be solved. 
Yeah, I think I'd add to, I mean, I, I agree with you that, uh, you know, it's a perception in the height of COVID and how we were using digital and this retreating mentality. But I, I would disagree because of the work I'm in, one, in trying to expand that access. I think an important factor, too, to continue this expansion is our federal, federal landscape, right? We were, we were, really dependent on some of those COVID regulations that allowed us to expand the digital access. And so as we think about those who are retreating, it's back to how do we fund these operations to serve the patients in a way that's digital. But that doesn't take away the need and uh, really our emphasis and those in value-based care see the ability to do that and and why it's important and we are investing in it. So our digital front door, you know, triaging patients and just on our main page with with virtual triage capabilities into programs like our remote patient monitoring work is really important to us and is not going away. Also, that we just don't have any choice. Like if we look at our demographics and the growth of the elderly population, and just by the fact that we're living longer, we will continue to experience more and more chronic disease. We've been incredible, you know, even in the last couple of years at developing cell and gene therapies that are making diseases that would have previously killed us survivable and we live with them for a long time. Unless we start building, you know, hundreds more hospitals and training thousands more physicians and tens of thousands more nurses, we cannot keep doing things the way that we're doing it. You know, we've done it over the last 10 years. So we have no choice but to embrace the home as a site of care and embrace more digital tools so that we can use the resources we already have much, much more effectively because those resources already cost us more money than any other country on earth. That's such a great point and certainly something that a lot of healthcare leaders are trying to understand and figure out and troubleshoot. And it's been great to see how you both have done that together between Geisinger and Best Buy. Can you share a bit more about the Geisinger Best Buy partnership and what's in store for the future? What are you most hoping to change and improve? Absolutely. I mean, we're very excited. We've been doing this now for over a year and a half, and, and we've expanded across 1,200 patients already and, and have continued growth plans um, and leveraging some of those, those opportunities we talked about earlier um, related to care pathway automations, using AI to risk stratify and, and get the people the care at the right time in the right place and what they need related to the device choice and, and using Geek Squad as well um, to be able to deliver deliver the engagement services that need higher touch to set you up on the devices. I think that's really important too. And I, I spoke about that is we're not going to take away that personal touch. Digital is an enabler. It's not the, the overall strategy. It's the way we develop the care model. So we are really focused with our partners to create care models that use digital in order to serve our patients better and also make our care teams happier, make them making them more efficient and making them um, be able to spend their day focused on really impacting the patient's life rather than than doing some of those those searching and combing through who is the right person to be interviewing with right now in my moment. Um, I think that's really important to us. Yeah, I mean, I think what what um, firstly what we found in Geisinger was a partner that was already you know even before this partnership one of the best in the world at doing chronic condition management and has spent over a decade doing it and learning what works and what doesn't work. And that was really important to us as, as we looked at a partner. 
I think what was also important is that Geisinger's got an integrated business model, which creates you know lots of different opportunities for us to get really involved um, on a more long-term basis in the lives of these individuals within the, the Geisinger footprint. And again, look at what works and what doesn't work as we seek to create healthier communities. And then how do we take that out to the rest of the market? How do we take what we've learned together in that, that chronic disease space and, and apply it out to the rest of the market who are themselves in many cases trying to take on more risk and do more value-based contracting? And I personally think that chronic disease management or getting more involved long-term in the health of the member or the consumer is an important way in being able to take on more risk. I think there's a lot of learnings that we can have. I think the last thing though was just cultural and values alignment. We were both really committed to this space. We didn't want to just do it the way that it's been done before. We both felt that we had unique assets. The teams got along really well and we're really excited about what we can create and what we can change in healthcare. I, you know, I'd echo that. I think the culture and values is a big part. There's a ton of non-traditional players and entrants in the market. Um, uh, you know, I am very excited about the non-traditional players in the market. I don't know that everybody would agree, but we needed a kick in the butt in healthcare. <laughs> and and this is our kick in the butt, right? The Am- Amazons, the the Walmarts and, and the Best Buy Health now coming into this space. I don't look at them in a way that they're going to take our market share. I look at them as partners and bandwidth extenders. The problems we're trying to solve in when we think about care at home, such as the Wi-Fi access and, and those things that Chris highlighted earlier, that is not our expertise day in and day out. And we need to leverage our partners to be able to to, to do that well um, and ultimately focus on the care, what we are good at. Uh, so I think I just want to echo, um, one, the, the alignment of our organizations, but also really, I think, continue to, to further our partnerships with the non-traditional players in the space. Fantastic. Well, Chris, Emily, thank you so much for your time and great discussion today. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank Best Buy Health as well for sponsoring today's episode. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.